What's up, everybody, and welcome to Tailgate Talks. This is week 73, and you are listening to Club Red, where we discuss all things Texas Tech. This week, it's Purple Week here at Club Red as we recap TCU and Kansas State. Uh, Some games for you there, but first, make sure you're following us on Apple and Spotify. Uh, Give us those five-star reviews. We greatly appreciate it, and if you listen to us on Apple, hit us with a review we would greatly appreciate that as well. Kind of let us know what we're doing good. Give us a little confidence. You know, that's always nice. Uh, you can also follow us on social media. Follow us on Twitter. This is where we do most of our posting on social media. You can follow us at tailgate underscore talks. Uh, if you want to follow our personal accounts there, you can follow Dustin at Dustin Wimmer 22. And you can follow myself at Calvin B. Barrett. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. We also have a YouTube channel. While we haven't been posting YouTube videos lately, as we go through a little bit of a transition phase here, trying to sort some things out, trying to figure out how to get the best uh, video quality for uh, posting these videos, uh, you can still find us there. Uh, Go look at some of our old takes that we have up right now. And lastly, we have an email. You can email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. With all that, let's get into this week's episode. We're going to start this thing off right. All right, Texas Tech basketball, we split between the two purple teams mentioned before. We lose to TCU, follow it up with a tough win against Kansas State on Monday night. Let's get into that first game Saturday. You go into Fort Worth. Everything was looking great for you on Saturday. A lot of teams in the top 10 lose. Um, We have talked before about this was all about handling business. You go into TCU. You play some careless basketball. You turn the game over right into their hands, and you end up falling short, giving TCU the 69-66 victory in what was a 60-40 kind of crowd. It wasn't really dominated by TCU fans. You could hear the loud Raider chants, the loud defense chants from the Tech fans. So it was a very, very difficult to lose a game where the home court advantage isn't even all that crazy. And in a place where you've kind of dubbed Lubbock East, and you go in and lose. Dustin, what was your initial reactions to the tough loss on Saturday? Yeah, it was a very disappointing loss is how I felt about it. Because, yeah, you did play so well in the first half and seemed like things were in hand for you. And, you know, a lot of basketball in the rest of the country was falling in your favor that would have been a great day to get a win move up in the rankings and seedings and all that you know this time of year you don't usually get this never happens I mean this many teams losing the top 10 it's never happened before but you don't even get a few upsets this late in the season usually so the fact that there were so many above you and you blew your chance too but it's just how we lost was what was disappointing about it literally 20 turnovers like that that's what was worrisome is we were very careless with the basketball and threw a lot of horrible passes like the guys that were covered up in the post and were three feet away trying to still feed them 
like just very careless dome passes. I said, I think two weeks ago that this might've been our best week of basketball when we had Texas and Baylor. I think this was our worst week of basketball. Both games were very sloppy ish and a lot of careless points. And that's worrisome going into tournament time to have that hanging over you. Like it's not teams forcing you into these turnovers and playing good defense. Like it, we literally just give you the ball. Yeah. I, I was very upset after this game. I, I was pretty pissed off uh, over the outcome. I, I thought you had this game won. I thought TCU had no right winning this game. No. And, yeah, you were just super careless with the basketball. And there's a there's a difference in some turnovers, right? I think we've mentioned it a couple sure. times on the show. Like, there's turnovers where you can see the players trying to do something. and Maybe the defender makes a great play. But these yeah. were just lazy, careless passes where you've got a post with two guys draped all over him, and you're like, here, let's just softly throw in a lob pass, yeah. and it's stolen, or it's just carefree dribbling, and then you bounce it off a defender's hand, and next thing you know, it's a turnover. And you were at, you know, eight-point lead at half, and you were kind of at that eight, ten-point range to start the second half, but you kept turning it over. TCU keeps kind of hanging around. We're all yeah. texting each other like, this should be a blowout. And then next thing you know, they get motivated because a couple more turnovers, a couple more baskets. Now it's a possession game. And then from there, you know, your defense couldn't get stops either down the stretch. You let Mike Miles go, you know, off on you, even though he's the one guy you knew you couldn't let beat you. And so it was just kind of a bizarre performance from us, I thought. And, you know, definitely left a sour taste in my mouth. But for you, does the outcome of this game worry you at all moving forward or is it kind of just a blip in the radar to you? It worries me because we have such a veteran team, an old team in college basketball with that. You should, you have a ton of experience and you should not be having to worry about careless turnovers with an experienced bunch. And these aren't like fifth and sixth year seniors that, you know, rode out at small schools. No, they have a ton of minutes and game time at these other schools like mm-hmm. this is it's borderline like unacceptable like the fact that some of the passes are just so bad mind-blowing like for guys that are fifth and sixth year seniors to be making these careless errors is horrible and it, where it snowballs is especially if you start having more than 15 plus like we can't go set up our defense which is our backbone and cornerstone of this team and what Mark Adams wants. Like we can't set up our half court defense to dominate teams and handle teams. Like if we're turning the ball over and let people run out on us and getting breaks on us, like, so it's a snowball effect. And if we can't handle the ball and for a veteran team this late in the year to have that issue, it's very worrisome to me because of just like we saw with TCU, it could lead to some bad inconsistencies and upset very quickly yeah I'm with you on that as well it it is concerning the turnovers we had 16 against Texas we had 16 against Oklahoma and you have 20 against TCU this turnover trend isn't something that you want to see especially this late in the season and you know what turnovers do it gives TCU 20 extra possessions with the basketball 20 extra chances to stay in the game and it gives you motivation in it you know, switches momentum when you're getting so many oh, yeah. turnovers. And so for me, it's a it's concerning because it is a good recipe 
to get knocked out in the first, yeah. second round in the tournament, right? You come in, you're careless with the basketball. Uh, you might have yourself a nice little lead there. And just like the TCU game, you don't hold on to the ball. Well, now the other team gets a little run. Things are a little bit closer than it should be. Mm-hmm. And now you just don't have the offense that you really trust to go get you buckets when you need to uh, if Bryson Williams isn't doing it for you. So uh, there are some things to be concerned about. And this kind of leads to the next point I have here, which is kind of the fans' reaction to this. And this is something that I get pissed off about a lot, something we've talked about on here a few times before. It's like once we lose, there's these fans that have to uh, show that they're a better fan than you by getting on Twitter. And I'm 100% behind this team. My faith in them will never waver. Uh, Just like trying to prove that they're a better fan than you like you can't critique somebody like critiquing people still shows you care it almost shows that you care more right like we're friends if I was doing something messed up like maybe flipping off refs during a game Dustin's like yo would never (laughs) Dustin's like stop you know you you gotta chill he needs to check me sometimes that's that's what good friends do that what people do that care about a thing and so what are your thoughts on fans kind of reacting this way and, and kind of taking criticisms and stuff a little too much. Like we, we still like that can be both things, right? I can critique Texas tech after a bad loss, but also still believe in us as a final four contender. It can be both things. I'm not off the ship. No. And we've talked about it with football quite a bit. Like we're very mm-hmm. realistic tech fans. We are supportive. <clears throat> we can be critical at the same time. Did we want Matt Wells to win? Yeah. We definitely did, but we can still be critical of some of his boneheaded moves and errors and whatnot. Same thing here. Like, what what do you get out of being a fan by posting and tweeting that you're not mad about this and it's okay yeah. and you're supportive? Like, I'm supportive too, but I'm still pissed off that we had 20 stupid turnovers. And it worries me. Like, tighten it up. <laughs> Yeah, I don't like, understand do how I you cannot be pissed. Donald's arms, damn right. But I don't like oh, yeah. some of his passes in that game. <laughs> like it's okay. Yeah, as long as like, you're not doing what we did, you know, weeks. Some people did weeks ago and like threatening, right. and getting personal with with them and adding these student athletes. Like these are still like twenty year old, twenty three year old kids. Like chill out, don't make it personal. But yeah, you can say like, hmm, didn't like some of the shots TJ took or didn't like how some dumb fouls in the color made like just you can be critical and supportive at the same time and you can let other people do that too don't get your feelings hurt just because brooks is mad that we lost and he wanted us to win that game and we should have like it's okay to be critical of the team and supportive at the same time yeah sometimes i wish i had that like mentality where after we lose a game that we shouldn't have, I can just be like, whatever, <laughs> like some of these people, but you know, I can't. And I think I'd usually handle it pretty well. I'll get out my tweet, my quick thought on, you know, damn, we had the opportunity right there and you lost. And then I kind of, you know, don't really tweet about it the rest of the night. Cause I don't want to get involved in all that stuff, but no. <laughs> you know, once I get a good sleep in me, wake up, yeah, I move on and I'm back yes. on, you know, to where I think this team's great. But at the same time, I think they're great. So when they lose a game like that, that's, yeah, it's going to bother me. And I don't understand the people who don't get bothered by that. Right. 
Yeah, that's totally. kind of where I come from that. It just gets exhausting. Like, we have to do it every loss. Like, you're not a better fan than us just because you, you know, can support always. Like, you don't have to outfan everybody, okay? We all get it. <laughs> you love tech. Your name is hash, your name is at guns up or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving on to the good game to talk about this week, a win over Kansas State on Monday night, winning 73 to 68 to close out the home schedule this year with a perfect 18 and0 record. Dustin, we were there for it last night. What were your thoughts and reactions to uh, the hard-fought win against the Kansas State Wildcats? I would not say this is a good game. I'd say it's a better game because we won. But I don't know if this purple week had us, you know, we can't see purple or what, but another very struggling type of, I feel like it's like a on and off the gas type game. We've had the last couple games, like can't get a rhythm going, like forcing something here or there. But you had a couple guys step up really big which was nice. You had your typical Bryson Williams game. <laughs> Shot yeah. over 50%, did his thing there. But I think what was – and we'll get into some individuals in a minute. I think what was – what sucked about that game is, yeah, we let Kansas State hang around just like TCU. But then the last five minutes of that game, the officiating was pretty horrible. And I'm not one to harp on officiating. That's Brooks's, you know, territory. That's <laughs> But I was not happy with some of the blatant out-of-bounds missed calls and, like, Bryson going up for a very good defensive straight-up vertical play, and he gets hit in the face, and they call a foul or and one on him. And it's like, what are we looking at, guys? Like, man, it, the last five-minute stretch was very nerve-wracking that you had to play against two different teams. And I'm sure Kansas State felt the same way. Like, I don't think yeah. anybody's happy with how the last five minutes went. And you have, you know, Bruce Weber and company all over the floor a lot. They mm-hmm. back their ass up and have them sit down. Jesus Christ. Bruce was on the floor yelling before we even tipped the game off. I know. And I yelled. I was like, get him off the floor. What is he even pissed off about before we even tipped yet? Like, it was a little out of control. Yeah, it's, I think that's kind of ridiculous. Especially these last two games with Jamie Dixon and uh, Bruce Weber. They just don't do a really good job of keeping these coaches in line. Like, both of them are all over the court. They're constantly, like, in the ref's ear. Yeah. In the way of plays. Jamie Dixon, of course, you know, was the reason McCuller tweaked his ankle. And sure, he was still over – he wasn't on the court or anything like that at the time. But still, like, if you're not careful, he's going to end up in a situation – Again, where you hurt somebody just because you're all over the court. I had a court. tweet on Saturday when we had yeah, a – Blew up. <laughs> outlet to Bryson for a, for a breakaway dunk, and Jamie Dixon's inside the freaking three-point line in the corner, like actively moving yeah. into the court area. And it's like – what? Yeah, I don't we, Are we not going to find him for that? Like, that's ridiculous. You yeah, know, I don't it was understand bad. how that – I don't understand how they're allowed to do that, but – you know, back to the Kansas State game and, yeah. and my thoughts on it. You know, I thought Kansas State had the perfect recipe to pull an upset, right? They did everything Definitely. that they you were, were supposed to great. do to beat us. They shot it great. I didn't even think they were taking good shots. They were just making no. everything. Def- um, yeah. And you could tell, like, Bruce Weber and their game plan was come in and we're just going to try to shoot 33s. And if we can 10 make – for 25 for yeah, three. We That's can the recipe. Make, 40%. Yeah. Yep. And they were able to do that, and that kept them in the game. He had some 
questionable officials. That always helps you stay in the game. And then you had, you know, most of our guys having an off night. And so offensively, you came out in the second half. You felt like you built yourself a cushion and where you become accustomed, which is in the second half, is where we make our stand and close yeah. out games. Well, these last two games, that hasn't been the case. Kansas State comes right back at you. Now you're having to scratch and claw, and that gets into the guy that I want to shout out. And Davion yeah. Warren puts Big on game. his superhero cape and takes over while Kansas State's double-teaming Bryson and really took him out of the game there down the stretch. And so you needed somebody else. (laughs) Still had 19 points. But down the stretch, he wasn't really able to get any good looks because there was always a trap. And you needed somebody who was going to be able to get you shots, hit buckets for you. And time and time again, it was Davion Warren who was coming up with those possessions late. It ends up being him that gets you the lead, gets you the free throws at the end, ice the game. What were your thoughts on Davion's performance, especially on senior night for him? Yeah, senior night, his dad was looking fly out there in his red jumpsuit yeah. and sunglasses, but like 30 minutes, nine for 11. And yeah, he was, it was everything. Like he was jacking up threes. He was making pull-ups. Like he was getting to the bucket, free throws. It was, it was Davion's game. Like, and it was awesome to see. It's pretty much like Davion's second half is what right. I like. Yeah, really. Like, it was pretty incredible like this is what we've been waiting on like all year from him like I know we had like some stretches of like literally like zero Davion it for a while in some games and it's like this guy's not meeting the expectations in the last couple weeks he's really trending upwards and that's great to add to our repertoire with Bryson and company um so if he can get going and hit from every level like he was that's almost impossible to try to guard and defend with everybody else on the floor yeah, it's been real encouraging watching him mm-hmm. over the last couple of weeks. Like you said, there was that spurt where he wasn't really doing much on offense. Well, it seems like he's upped his uh, aggressiveness on that side, yeah. trying to find his shot, trying to get himself going early and making sure that he's getting looks. And it's been really helpful. Now he can stop turning the ball over. That would be great. I think he had four turnovers last night. Four turnovers. Four turnovers versus TCU. So he's got to hold on to the ball. But you still love to see that aggressiveness because we're going to need somebody like that when it gets to, you know, the tournament time. He also had four steals. Yeah. (laughs) So he had six uh, rebounds in there. Like he was – or four rebounds. Sorry, but he was killing it everywhere. Yeah, so another guy that's kind of worth talking about, it's a guy that we got on our podcast yeah. when he committed to play for Texas Tech, and he's seen a little bit more minute uptick here in the last few games, and that's K.J. Allen uh, coming in, like eight rebounds, six points in limited yep. minutes last night. What did you think of his performance? Yeah, he got in in the first, like, two or three minutes of the game, which is very early for him, so we were like, oh, okay, and he's been getting some more minutes lately. Yeah, season high, I think, for 19 minutes. And I think in the first, I don't know, four or five, he already had that many rebounds, four or five rebounds. And he must be busting his ass in practice and have some things figured out to for Coach Adams this late in the year to start getting him more minutes like this. Because, no, he doesn't provide you great defense or great offense, but he – crashes boards and gets rebounds better than anybody on this team and that led to a lot of second chance points for him and he was a huge energy guy for us 
uh, last night and almost had an incredible dunk yeah. that was a two step, uh, try to get a put back. And usually you see that kind of dunk like run from the three point line, and he did it in two steps and barely mishandled the ball and missed it. But it's great that we, you know, played 10 guys all but Agbo only had three minutes, everybody else had you know 15 plus minutes uh, for nine guys. That's pretty deep to to roll into March with. Yeah, it seems like KJ's kind of filling the Daniel Bacho role right now as Bacho sure. is out with a little knee injury. And then, you know, O'Banner was off last night, so he was kind of filling in for O'Banner too since O'Banner wasn't really yeah. doing much. You know, the only thing about KJ is he's definitely a defensive liability. Um, yeah. He is not – He gets picked up, on. Yeah, he is not up to par like with our other – like with Santos Silva, with Bryson, with O'Banner on being able to kind of hang – when he gets a mismatch up, you know, with a guard. Right. And, the, you know, Kent State was trying to take advantage of that multiple times. They would pick and roll to get KJ on him and would take advantage of that. So you can tell, like, he's still lacking the defensive development, but he's able to go out there and hustle and grab your boards and make some yeah. plays, and he's a solid finisher around the rim yep. and provided some pretty nice minutes for you last night, I thought. Um, so definitely encouraging for him, a guy who kind of was riding the bench for a long time to come out and yeah. get some minutes and trying to make the most of it as the season kind of comes to an end here. You know, last little bit we got, of course, this game brought you to 18 and 0 and gave you that clean, perfect home record. It was your first time since I think like 1996 or 1995, something like that, before you were even playing in the Big 12. Coach Adams' first year a bunch of seniors and a bunch of new guys all on this team too. What does going 18 and 0 mean to you? It's incredible that Mark Adams being a first year coach is late in his, you know, lifetime and career to do this. And it was incredible last night that the most of the fans didn't leave early. Right. And we kind of had that game one in the last minute or so. Like usually people start sneaking out. Everybody hung around to kind of soak it up the last game in that, for this season because freaking 18 wins is a lot. That's a lot of basketball and a lot of good wins, especially after the off season you just had and, you know, how many guys you had to bring in to have a sellout crowd, like 15,000 people there for 18 games and win them all. You have the longest win streak in the Power Five. Like, people don't want to come here and play. They have a horrible time. Like, nobody's like, uh oh, it won't be so bad. No, it's horrible to have to come here and play us. And time and time again, after these games last night, there was Bruce Weber and one of their players saying this was louder than when they play at Kansas. <laughs> like you just keep getting nice. this, you keep building this reputation of this awesome home court. And then, you know, first year of Mark Adams, you come in and just clean sweep everybody at home. It's awesome. I tweeted it out and it's gotten quite a bit of, you know, interaction from it, but you know, just, all these tech students that were tweeting all oh, my last game. Oh, oh yeah, it's yeah. My last time with Raider Riot, all this stuff. Like they have no idea how lucky they had it. They're yeah. four years they didn't here. They have to go through amazing. that night and uh, those, that group of coaches in that time, like 10 plus years ago, like it was yeah. real bad for a while. <laughs> yeah. My last year, my last year here, we won three conference games. I think we won like nine games total. Yeah. And so, you know, when I was in school, you could, I could literally work at the rec center, get off a shift, walk over, 
uh, show up like five minutes late and sit wherever I wanted in the student yeah. section. There was just nobody there. And, you know, to where we are now, it's crazy. It seemed impossible at the time, but we're here. And yeah, going 18 and 0, it's incredible, especially when you play in the Big 12 Conference. That's no easy yeah. feat. And so despite making that game a close one last night, like everybody, everybody comes to play in the Big 12. So um, getting that win, uh, despite it being close, you really had to scrap and, and fight for it. It was really sweet to come up with that win. And knowing all these guys have put in a lot of effort for you this season uh, and it goes for Coach Adams, it, it's just really special. So it's cool uh, for all these players too that transferred in, like, right? Yeah, you know, Bryson from UTEP and all these guys coming from small schools and lower level. Like, I mean, KJ was probably playing in front of like what 100 to 200 people at most, uh, like, like over high school in LA. gym, yeah, like, yeah, like a high school gym, like scenario. Like, it's crazy that they got to witness, you know, 15,000 fans for 18 wins like yeah. that's good for that's cool for those guys that's awesome and they're going to be remembered here forever for that for one sure. year you know <laughs> just like Tariq and Mooney are going to be remembered forever yeah. like you come in you have that one season that's iconic and you'll be looked back on fondly for forever and I only imagine that they'll be coming back for home games later on just to celebrate yeah. like like some of our former players do uh, really cool last night to get that done and have that undefeated season as we head into next year, and hopefully we can keep it going for another year. Currently, we got to handle business. One more game on the schedule uh, for the regular season, and that is on Saturday at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, this is their final game of the season. They are banned from postseason play, uh -huh. so they cannot play in the NCAA tournament nor the Big 12 tournament, so this is their final game of the year which kind of makes this a little more interesting i think they might not have anything to play for but they have guys like ice isaac likely uh, the ice man that they call him who it's his senior day there so he's gonna want to get this one it's a place that we haven't really played well really ever <laughs> and so uh kind of a trap game for you dustin what do you think about this oklahoma state game on saturday are you nervous where's where's your head at on this one you're making me nervous just talking about how much motivation Oklahoma State might have. <laughs> I wasn't nervous before you started talking. <laughs> but, I mean, hopefully, yeah, handle business. Don't turn the ball over 20 times. Shut down. Try to limit, you know, likely for whatever he can do. He likes to do everything. So, yeah, try to limit him from going off and hopefully get out of there and get ready for – tournament starting next weekend or weekend after that yeah next the following week would be the big 12 tournament so yeah i'm, I'm with you just you know it makes me nervous because we haven't played great on the road uh, against teams like oklahoma state their extra motivation but mm. you know i think it's just a big opportunity for us to go get a confidence booster on the road you know you're not playing at the usa anymore you don't have that like up oh, next games at home uh, in your pocket anymore you got to go out and you got to win these games in different environments and so I think it's a key opportunity to do that I think it's a key opportunity to stay you know firmly in the mix on that three seed still give you a possibility at the two seed but ultimately you know just go in and take care of business you're a better team than them we know we yes, are let's, let's go show it uh one last time this season Texas Tech baseball is firmly into the season. 
after a season sweep of Kent, Kent State. I always struggle with that one because the Kent State uh, over the weekend, they get the sweep one game on Saturday and then sweep the doubleheader on Sunday. Ty Coleman, new Red Raider this year, transfer from AM, was named your Big 12 player of the week and also the newcomer of the week. He was going off in that series. He had a 471 batting average with 11 RBIs and two home runs. He had two home runs in that same game, and one of them being the go-ahead home run late in that late Sunday game that ended up being the uh, game-winning home run for you there. So uh, nice to come home and have your first you know, home season uh, series and get the sweep there. And then he followed it up with a big win today against Dallas Baptist. Dallas Baptist had a 3-1 lead on you heading into the eighth <clears throat> inning, but one of your young freshmen came in and hits a home run to tie the game. You go into extras and you're able to sneak in a run there, get that 4-3 victory in Dallas. And so right now you sit at 6-2 and two so far this season. And so with that being said, Dustin, what do these guys have to look forward to this week? Yeah, you got a four-game series against Merrimack. So hopefully handle that, win three or four of those games, kind of figure out some, you know, rotation and lineup stuff that we've been doing for the last couple of weeks. And then you got a huge series against Mississippi State next week. And I think Mississippi State, if I'm not mistaken, won the College World Series last year. Yep, they were your reigning national champs. Are have been very good, you know, similar to you the last few years, but this is one of those uh, you know, mid-season huge matchups that Tadlock likes to play to kind of get his guys geared up because he knows there's a good chance we could see these guys in Omaha. And you need to play these teams. You need to face these kind of pitchers even before we get into Big 12 play. So a couple big games there to end or I guess start next week, week off uh, with Mississippi State. So maybe you can steal one of those, split yeah. that series, and get out of there one and one. Hey, if you come out with two, great. <laughs> yeah, you'll take what you can get. Next, I want to talk about our Club Red conversation, something that's really been, you know, uh, not triggering me, but just, I can't can't get away from it on Twitter, is tech fans getting mad about bracket and seeding projections from Joe Lenardi and name whoever you want to. Like, they're mad with two or three weeks left in the season that we're – a three seed and everybody's like why are we not a two seed and my point is well one we're not starting this bracket tomorrow these are you know project like if it did start tomorrow this is what we would have is all joe lenardi's doing like yeah he's like at this moment this is what i have there's also two weeks two weeks of games left to play take care of your own business like you should have saturday and you wouldn't be having to worry about this like if you would have won saturday against tcu you wouldn't be bitching about still being a three seed. You could already be in that two spot. Like, don't get mad weeks ahead of time before the season's over. Does this make yeah. you mad as much as it makes me mad? <laughs> it bothers me because it's been, I feel like, even more aggressive this year. That's um, why it makes me mad. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and there's been a lot of talk on it, especially from, like, the gambling gauchos who I really <laughs> do like most of their content, but they were just like – they. They're, they're digging it. too deep about it, yes. And I tuned into one of their, like, post-game shows that they do on Twitter. And, you know, he – one of the guys 
brought it up and he's like, Hey, we're a sports podcast. So if it's going to get the conversation going, we're going to get the conversation going on it. And so, you know, okay. Yeah. If you're trying to do it for clicks and, you know, trying to get people to interact with you, I get that point, but yeah, it's the same thing that I think about with preseason polls and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's just a talking point and it's just to get conversation going, but I don't take anything seriously until the games are played. Right. That's why we play the games. And so, yeah, to bitch about it with two weeks left in the season, knowing that, you know, there's there was three opportunities for us to drop a game. And then, of course, you do like, yeah, it, it bothers me. Just let the you know, let let the games take place. It'll sort itself out. And, you know, where we're supposed to be is where exactly. we're going to be. Um, do I and if like we think that we should have been a two seed by the time we get named, whatever it is. OK, yeah. Are you about it then? Then but yes. Right totally. now it's just it, it's a little exhausting to have to deal with every single day Joe Lenardi posts that thing. But the TCU loss kind of shut most people up. So <laughs> that's kind of quieted that conversation. Funny how that works. Yep. Yep. <laughs> play so. play the games and then once we're done, like starting next week, you can start having those conversations. Yeah, exactly. Right right up until that bracket's released next, you know, next Sunday. And, and even after, if we get gypped and we end up like a four seed or whatever, something like that. But yeah, let the games take place and then yes. bitch about it after. <laughs> so uh, that is all we got for you guys in the club this week. Be sure to stick around, check out our tailgate episode this week where we dive into some NBA action. But other than that, make sure you're following us on Apple and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. And we will catch you next week at Club Red. Peace.